Call the spec sheet now at 573-837-4948. This is a very special edition of the spec sheet brought to you by Budweiser. Yes, Budweiser. When the thought of drinking day-old urine isn't enough to make you cringe, think Budweiser. You'll find it at Walmart next to the tires and lawn fertilizer. Budweiser. Call now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet. Spec sheet. I'm Michael Van Dieven. He's Curtis Thornton. Hey, brother. Hey, how are you? What the hell is that? What do you got going on over there? What? what oh, is that's it? me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always on my I end. I uh, get outraged momentarily, and then I realize that oh yes, as in most in- instances in my life, I'm the problem. If you'd like to be on the show tonight, this is a show about technology. Uh, we talk about tech news, whatever happens to be going on out there. And we're also happy to take your tech support calls if you want to phone us with them. The phone number is 573-837-4948. I will type that in the chat room, 573-837-4948, the chat room, which you also can access at ufoship.com. Who was that in the chat room that said the show's getting ready to start? No pressure, like they're trying to psych us (laughs) out or something. Yeah, we are seasoned professionals. We've been doing this for years. There's nothing that could psych us out um, unless uh, I discovered like two minutes before the show that I sound like a walrus when I speak, you know, or some sort of uh, some something from the animal kingdom. I don't know. Uh, or if I open my mouth and like uh, it start, I hear MIDI sounds instead of my voice, you know, well, then that would freak me out. And yes, that would be cool. Actually, it would. I would I would tour. Uh, like that Um, it's the middies (laughs) i have a thing against the circus my wife occasionally wants to go see a circus that is passing through here or there and i'm like no i won't do it because i just don't like the way animals are used in those uh in those uh pursuits as it were but uh, i would have to throw aside my social concerns and join the circus if i could produce midi sounds when i speak that would just be uh Never mind. Anyway, um, a lot going on to talk about. Uh, we've got a new chat room at ufoship.com. If you just go to ufoship.com and click on chat, uh, it's listen slash chat, I think it is in the menu. That'll get you there. New player, mm-hmm. new chat room. It's even got a volume slider in the player. I feel like we're just so high class now. Um, I know everything's moving up. We've really reached beyond our roots. And... Um, Someone is moderating the chat room, right? Yes. Okay. So yes, and uh, so we don't have to worry about it. We can just do the show. And yes. It's, uh, that's great, isn't it? Isn't it is really nice. I mean, I want people to go in the chat room, be a part of it. Don't even worry about that. But as was seen in our our last episode, 
there there was a glaring hole in the chat room in terms of people taking it over to make it distract from everybody. I mean, the chat experience is a great part of this. It's like a companion piece to the the episode. It's worth being in there, and you shouldn't have to worry about you know trolls basically. <laughs> Well, and it's also distracting as you're trying to do a show and you see people in there for the expressed purpose of pissing other people off, and it's distracting. You know, you're already trying oh, to yeah. pay attention to the chat room as you're doing the show for the purpose of gleaning something from the text stream that might be useful during the show. You don't also need to be bothered with having to worry about who's trolling. And uh, We right. had no real mechanism in place previously to be able to manage that. And, you know, I think this being a technology show, we, maybe we should talk about the technology of uh, how we're doing that now. I mean, we have a box set up in a remote location, and it's... It's, it's in a bunker. <laughs> it's uh, in George Norrie's cave somewhere. Uh, it's uh, plugged in under a table. We know he won't notice it. Uh, he never looks under the table. Never sweeps. <laughs> never vacuums. Luckily. It's, it's just tucked away uh, under... In in the corner under a an empty bugles bag, it's uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was a, a pizza roll. It, bugles, Box. I got that right, don't I? That's a like bugles, a, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I was the, trying to think. Do I have that the wrong? things you used to to put <clears throat> crazy fingers? Yeah, who, who gets yeah. those? No one buys I those. Why do you they even manufacture those? That's like yeah. um, I don't know. That's like when I think of those, I think of like a Super Bowl T-shirt that names the wrong team and ends up being shipped off to Zimbabwe, so some little brown guy can feel like he got an awesome shirt from America. Did you <laughs> those, know those shirts are good deals? Did you know how like um, people in the third world, any article of clothing that they get that they know was shipped their country country from the United States as viewed as it's viewed as some sort of a special item. Like to be envied, really? even if it was manufactured in China and then shipped yeah. to the United States and then shipped again, uh, it's still just because it 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 absorbed our nitrogen, our air. Uh, can we can we export this show there too? Then oh, it's being exported, baby. It's all over say, the world. All right, because I want to be famous. Um, Jasmunda says he hopes he's the first person banned. Um, I've already yeah, spoken it, to Curtis about it. I don't like your username, and we're going to do something about that. Uh, well, I, I, I wheels are that turning. There, that there was a technical glitch, or at least Jazz thought there was one because the music or the uh, stream player wasn't working <laughs> right. I had to explain that I have it set to autoplay equals true, which in Australia would be equal false, right? Because everything's backwards. You had to explain so. that. Oh yes, your computer needs speakers. So there is that. Oh, and yeah. press the power button, please. Yes. There are two prerequisites if you want to be able to hear that. So we've Which got is to turn your computer off and uh, delete your internet account. So we've got a box set up in a remote location. It's the box that Curtis and I connect to through Mumble, so that we can talk to one another. But it's also the same box that this chat room is running on. It's a uh, would I be describing it correctly to say it's an IRC server? It's a full blown IRC yes, server. It is. And uh, yeah. So we've got like an IRC client embedded. In the website, uh, Foodline says, "Did the show start yet?" That's when you know you're hitting it out of the park when the show has started, <laughs> and people are asking if the show started yet. Thank you. That's is uh, this going to be a good episode? I'm glad no, this. I don't really think so. I'm glad this is going to be one for the record books. Thank you. Glad to know yeah. the uh, the audience is definitely on board. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we've got uh, an IRC server running. So we have full and total control 
of the server, which basically what this means is that uh, we'll be able to log all of your IP address information and stalk you should we choose. Thank you. I'm Michael Van Dieven. Uh, that's why we did this. Stalking well, you purposes didn't, you didn't alone. Have to give them, you didn't have to give them everything. The payoff could have been when they got them the email chain letter. Or just when the uh, man with the reflective glasses comes and starts knocking on the door. That's uh, right. That's another tip-off. So uh, we have full control over everything. I think that's great. Uh, previously, we were using, I mean, using Skype to connect with one another, using a crappy chat interface in order to be able to uh, allow people to communicate with one another and with us during the show. And we've got it all under one umbrella. It's all... Just think about that. This entire operation hinges on an old Dell, an old clunky Dell under a workbench, and a netbook. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, think about <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, isn't that nuts? I mean, the stream is being delivered to people from a netbook. And the the, yeah. the IRC chat and the uh, mumble connection between the two, some crappy old Dell. How about that? Yeah, which... Uh, the, the great thing about the history of that server is at some point it was the uh, operation center for a restaurant somewhere in the Midwest. And now look at what it's doing. I noticed there were some like uh, fish scales and grease in the bottom of the chassis. I was going to inquire. I guess uh, I, I, like I need all not. All of my computers. All my computers are like that. Yeah, did you like how I really cleaned it up before I shipped it to you? Yeah, I noticed but, uh, I, when I got in there to reseat the SATA cables the other day because the thing took a giant crap. I noticed how clean and uh, tidy it was in there. Way to go, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, you really pulled well, out the Lysol for that one. I, I, yeah. You could have fed a small third-world village with the amount of dust that was in that thing. It was <laughs> Yes, a, you could. Well, was, I wanted uh, way you to, to see what I used to put up with back when I managed uh, computer systems like that. I just said uh, to myself as I opened it up, this is this is illustrative of what an afterthought this entire operation is to Curtis. <laughs> yes. He really doesn't, he doesn't I care. I just have... I have I have Dell Power Edge is just waiting to go. I, I had to mortgage my house to send it to you, but uh, there you go. You got it. You've got to understand that um, Curtis really does have a level level of dedication that I think exceeds what you'd expect from any normal human being. Because <laughs> that give out <laughs> that box had to be so expensive to ship here, and I think you shipped it FedEx, didn't you? Uh, UPS. Okay. See, why didn't you use the postal service? I'm not, I'm not clear on that. I mean, because I should... that way I. Because <laughs> I didn't have a box. You're afraid somebody's going to sell it and use the money to pay their union dues? What's going on? Are you a <laughs> well, uh, union buster? Uh, no comment. Uh, it was so much easier for me to take the server, drop it off at a UPS store, let them do all the work. Hmm. Because that's how I roll. I should have asked them to clean it first. You know, that is the nice like perk that you get when you go to a UPS store. I don't know so much about FedEx. I try to avoid FedEx, but... I will yeah, use I, I've UPS. I've never had a good experience with FedEx. <clears throat> no, especially if you have a package that gets lost with FedEx. Like, look at it this way. I um, Back when you could still get ionic breezes, they were still plentiful. <laughs> yeah. I still have one, by the way, and I still run it at my office. And that thing <laughs> does clean the air. I don't know why that company, I don't know why Sharper Image got sued out of existence. But Because those things are not good for you, especially if you oh, have really? any kind of respiratory issues. Because oh. ionizing air is not the right way to clean it. Oh. You're well. making it heavy. Well, maybe I should reconsider things. <laughs> no, keep doing what you're doing. It's working. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you pull those rods out of there and they're just covered in black shit. Oh yeah, no, I no, I had one for a while, and I agree they work. But then when you go to research the negatives of them, then you start to realize maybe I shouldn't be using this. Huh? W and, 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 
if you have any kind of asthmatic issues or respiratory issues, then they're a bad idea. WR250 says, please call the spec sheet and gives the phone number. We're just knocking it out of the park here. I mean, uh, yeah. people don't know well, if the show started. Other people think that we've got to get someone on the horn or it's just tanking. Fix uh, this thing now. Not a lot of confidence being instilled here. So, C-Web uh, says that they, uh, I like my air like I like my women, heavy and ionized. Well, I Did get you the have heavy, like a, do you have some sound effects here? Um, what? <laughs> you need some sound effects for that joke, you know, the rim shot thing. Let's see. You say, I like my women, heavy and ionized, and I would play like a uh, a car beep. It just continues okay. <laughs> making so much sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was saying that um, I guess that is one of the perks you get by going to a place like UPS is that they'll actually work with you and get the package put together and get it shipped out, whereas you walk into the post office and everything's ready to roll but you just need like to borrow a piece of tape to put on top of the box <laughs> and they look at you like you just asked them if you could facially rape their 80 year old mother or something it's uh they really get annoyed they don't want to be bothered by you at the post office there's yeah. uh no doubt about that i don't know that i think that just depends on what post office you go to i think the culture varies they're, they're good from, ones yeah i i i used to work for a postal contractor and i came to realize that the culture in one post office to a, from one post office to another it does vary significantly and the postmaster has utter and complete control over nearly every facet of how things run there's no uniformity from one post office to another i think that's part of the problem with the post office is that you know it's, it's just run like it's the pony express and it's 1856 and one building doesn't have the ability to communicate in real time <laughs> with another one that's 50 miles away so they just all sort of do things in their own way and uh, the yeah. next thing you know is you have a cluster F, and that's yeah. we we use smoke signal. Well, there's that, and the fact that they pay their employees about twice what they ought to be paid, you know, relative to what they'd make in the uh, in in the private market uh, with a private job as opposed to working for the government. But, yeah, well, not uh, to mention that the government requires them to go. <clears throat> I think it's ten years in advance on their budget. Whatever their expenses are going to be for a certain amount of years in the future, they have to put all that in the budget for this year. I think what you're specifically referring to are the retirement the benefits. benefits. Yeah. They have to front right. load those. Exactly. They have to look at an actuarial and determine what it is that a given employee would likely would have accrued over the course of whatever the period of time is. If you say it's 10 years, I, I don't know. And uh, yeah, they have I to front load that. Period, yeah. Isn't that insanity? Yeah. Yeah, no, no business can No, no like business that. would be required to run that way. And yeah. no business that's in the shipping industry would be required to provide the salaries and benefits that people within the post office get. Yet, any postal uh, facility you go to, you just walk in and everyone acts like it's just the black death has descended upon the place. I mean, they just are a miserable lot. I don't understand yeah. why. They've got great jobs. They have great jobs. If you know somebody working for the postal service, um, unless it's in a major metropolitan area where the living expense is really high, but then again, even then, I'm sure that they scale wages based on what area you're living in. Yeah. But I'll never uh, forget. Uh, I I had a mail carrier at one point that uh, I lived in a rural area, so it was a not a they weren't an employee; they were a contractor. But the the lady, I, I'm sitting on my porch one day waiting for some stuff to come in from Newegg. She pulls up to my mailbox. I see her reach into the bag or whatever the stuff she had looks at my mailbox, drops a letter in it, and then pulls away. And so I knew that 
my my package should have been there that day. So I run up to see what it is that's in there. Why didn't I get my uh, uh, <laughs> my item I expected? Brown donuts. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. No, what it was it was a note saying that they were sorry they missed me because they came and tried to, they knocked on my door and no one answered. The, that's so when I, you call the postmaster. Oh, that, I did. That's the nice thing about the postal service is if the delivery guy is doing something wrong or pissing you off, you can easily dial a seven-digit local phone number and actually talk to the person who can make heads roll. And the problem is I called with that information in hand before the person had even come back in to check in, and nothing happened other than them saying, well, we'll look into it and resolve this. And it happened not on the same scale of where I was you know, blatantly there to see it, but it happened again to where no knock on my door and I get a note saying, you know, I've missed you or we've missed you. Sorry. It was so annoying. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and that just springs from a really negative attitude as an employee. And I don't know where that comes from because any of those people that you run into with that negative attitude, you just want to say to them, look, I have one word for you. Pension. I don't know anyone walking around right now that's got a pension that's front loaded and that isn't going anywhere, isn't going to dissolve or be stolen somehow in some crazy Ponzi scheme or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who's got a pension. I mean, this isn't the 1950s anymore. Nobody has any of that kind of stuff. Everybody hops from job to job once every two or three years. There's no longevity anymore where you're working. Not typically. And yeah. even if there were, you're just not going to have a pension. I mean, that's just one among the many, many benefits that postal employees have. I, I don't understand the negative attitude. But with that said, I'm not one of these people that want to throw the postal service on the chopping block. I think it's an extremely important uh, like cornerstone of the continued day-to-day -day operation of this country. I mean, it's a fascinating thing to me to know that I can walk into a, a postal uh, office with a box that's about a foot wide and a foot high or deep or whatever, I mean, like a big box, and I can ship this thing. Just the other day, I shipped a big-ass box from here in Cape Girardeau, Missouri to New Jersey, and it cost me $6 and some change. I mean, that's insanity. I know. That's, that's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, we piss and moan about all the money that's being spent on the Postal Service, but... I mean, we're getting some of that back. At least if you ever ship anything, you're getting some of that back because it's just so cheap to ship stuff. I don't understand people complaining when they raise the rate on a postage stamp. Like, know, two yeah, oh, my gone. God, the world's yeah. imploding around me. Uh, <laughs> my limited edition uh, Elvis Presley stamps aren't worth what they used to be. Now i got to buy those supplementary stamps. Oh, it's just a two-cent. Oh, no, yeah. everybody needs the two-cent stamps. You see, when they... Never mind. <laughs> you know Fargo. <laughs> yeah. you know, I have a question really quick with Fargo. The TV yeah. show that's on now, is that related to Fargo, the movie? Well, I think it's like vaguely connected to it, Okay, but um, that's about it. I don't think any okay, of the I characters are the same. I haven't anything. watched it, but I wondered. I, I saw the commercial, and I was like, wait a minute. Is that Fargo, the movie, or is it well, some... I, comp I heard Anthony Cumia from Othi and Anthony just repeatedly raving about that show um and i think his tastes are pretty congruent with mine in terms of what he would what i would want to watch so eventually i'm mm. going to check it out but i have a i have a no watch policy until shows conclude because i am not going to be strung along waiting for months and months for a new season of episodes of any given show to come out i am done with that 
that's just not something I'm willing to do anymore. I wish I had never encountered The Walking Dead. I wish I, I because now here I am. I'm sitting here waiting for new episodes to come out. Although that show's really taken a big shit over the course of the last couple of seasons. I think season three was when it really went downhill. But I'll just watch it for the sake of uh, good measure. <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, but I'm sick and tired of waiting for episodes. I mean, imagine I, I was fortunate en- enough to start watching The Sopranos, for example, um, only seven episodes before the series finale. So I never had to sit and wait 12 months or 18 months or whatever these ridiculous stretches of time were between episodes being produced and put on the air for people to watch. I mean, can you imagine, like, if you're really into a show having to wait 18 months to see a new episode? That's what people watching The Sopranos had to go. I'm not going to oh, yeah. do that. Yeah. I need to add Sopranos to my list of things to watch from oh, our wow, last conversation. Oh, that's right. You've never it. seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, to watch that. Well, I'm you're... just glad I got Breaking Bad done before it got to win all these Emmys so that I could say, yeah, I knew that show before. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's over. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you're really going to enjoy The Sopranos, especially being able to just plow through it one episode after the other. Yeah. It's like a really awesome movie that's just extremely long. That's really that's a good it show. I mean, th- like the first season of the the show 24, that's what that felt like. And I never watched it after the first season because I, I thought, you know, I've kind of seen everything I need to know about this. But uh, every episode was produced so well. It was like a movie. You want to take a call? Sure. It'd be hilarious if you said no, hang up on it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, end this now. No, no calls. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, uh, do I have to cut the podcast down? Uh, please okay. turn down your radio. Well, I mean, it, it is entertaining to listen to someone confused as he speaks. Okay. So if you well, want to leave it up, you can. Uh, this ain't the first time. Okay. Who's uh, this? Well, turn your radio you down. Okay. Um, I, I got a question. Who's this? Okay. Uh, uh, food line. Oh, hey, man. How are you doing? Hey, hey how are on? you? Uh, not pretty good. Uh, okay, here's my question. Uh, I hear you guys talked about uh, Internet Explorer being bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the alternative if I was going to go and do something else? And I don't mean like uh, Chrome or Firefox. Is there like something else I could do, or is that just my alternative? Uh, why do you okay, ask? So. Well, because I keep on hearing everybody talk about you know, Internet Explorer being... Oh, actually, I think I heard MV say it part about Explorer being a really bad... Uh, being really bad to use. And I'm just curious what the alternatives... The better alternatives would be. Well, you say other than Chrome or Firefox, why why not one of those? Uh, well, I don't like Chrome because it's Google. And Firefox, I guess... I tried it one time and I didn't have much luck with it. Well, here's what you should do if you don't like Chrome. Try Chromium. It's Chrome without all the Google services tie-in crap. Chromium? Yeah, you could also use Opera, mm-hmm. but I, I would go back to mm-hmm. Firefox and try it again. It has uh, gotten much better, Firefox. It has, yeah. The latest release is much better than... Because I stopped using Firefox for a long time, but... You mean I'm like more... the latest, latest release? Like it got significantly better just no, recently? No, no, no. I mean, since they redid... Oh. They, since they redid it... Well, yeah. I can't. I'm not even sure what version it is right now, but it's probably like five thousand. Uh, Firefox yeah. just recently adopted. Well, within the last year or two, they adopted Chrome's rapid update cycle. So it's yeah. not like the old days of Firefox when a new version would come out and it would be a big deal. No, everybody hail the new version. We've gone to three point six. Three point six was the version of Firefox where I abandoned it. Ba- abandoned it entirely. It just really got horrible. 
And um, but now you don't even know Firefox has been updated, but for a little maybe you might get a notification. I don't even know if you get that. You certainly don't get it with Chrome when it updates. Mm. But if yeah. if um, you want the speed and snappiness of Chrome, but you don't like and the security of Chrome, but you don't want all that Google services tie-in crap, get Chromium. Actually, Chromium comes pre-installed on some Linux tr- distributions, so. You know, if the neckbeard, oh, yeah, if the if the neckbeard ponytail crowd approves of it, then it's probably okay for you too. Okay, good. I think I'm gonna check that out. Chromium. Yeah. So is that so? It is Chrome, but it's like a kind of like a light version. Well, Chrome is built off of the the Chromium code base. Now I don't know if that's the case oh. anymore, Curtis, because they've got a new rendering engine that's proprietary to Google. So I don't mm-hmm. know if Chromium uses that proprietary rendering engine. It used to be. Uh, I don't remember what the name well, of it. It, it was it, WebKit, it wasn't it? It uses WebKit, but yeah, they branched it off. And I'm not sure if Chromium is also in that or not. I would guess it's not. That uh, Opera was the other one I'd recommend, but they've moved over to using the same base as what Chrome is using. I mean, it doesn't have all the Google Google services tied into it so heavily, but it is the same base. <clears throat> I wouldn't use Safari. I would not make that your alternative, that's for sure. Curtis, There's can just- you... Curtis, can you install all of the add-ons and stuff on Chromium? Do you know? I don't know. I've not. I, I've used Chromium, but I haven't made it my daily driver. Huh. I don't see why I, you wouldn't I be guess, able to, but I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and try that, and I guess I'll do a guinea pig on it then, because, um, I mean, I don't really have a problem with Explorer, but I do see all this stuff going on, and uh, I, I, I kind of see, you know, especially everything you read on the web about, uh, about monitoring and stuff, and I'm not a big fan of all that. And I just like to have something that you know, I, I doesn't have all the stuff that hangs. What are those? Uh, when you go there, they they get all the cookies and all that. Mm. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure the name of them. I'm not, you know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you've got tracking book. cookies. Yeah, 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 those. Most of the so, browsers are going to have that unless you go in and you, what you want to do if you if you're worried about tracking cookies is right after you install the browser, go into the advanced settings for it. And you can turn off all of those. If you don't, the very first page you go to, you're going to start downloading tracking cookies. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty much what I needed to know. And, you know, I think even Firefox probably has a lot of tracking crap in it, and some of oh, which yeah. is probably tied into Google, too, because um, I'm sure Mozilla still makes money off of the default Google search that they have running yeah. whenever you install it. And I'm sure there are other things that are tied into it. So, yeah, I think Chromium is the way to go. Although, I think it would be hilarious if he installs Chromium and then, like, 24 hours later, there are cockpits popping up all over his screen. I think that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, somebody mentioned my favorite browser <laughs> in, in a chat room, H25. I think it's H2504. Maybe it's an S. said SeaMonkey. SeaMonkey was a great browser. If you want to really look dated when you browse, use that. I was going to say something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, try Chromium. Give Firefox a try, too. I mean, why not? It can't be as bad as actual actual Chrome in terms of the Google tie-in stuff, but I don't know. Give it a try. Um, the other thing is I don't know if Chromium has all the sandboxing technologies built into it that Chrome has. In other words, it's sort of... Chrome sort of runs in like this virtualized environment so that if it encounters malware out on the web, um, I'm sorry, I have to burp. (sighs) Thank you. Um, So that like if you encounter malware or malicious scripts on a website or whatever, um, it sort of runs in the serial. 
malicious scripts serial now from uh, Kellogg. I don't get it. <laughs> that just sounded like it should be. <laughs> malicious scripts. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, I want some more malicious scripts because I'm a script Mommy, kitty. Mommy, can I have some more malicious scripts, please? Yeah. Um, you do that impression too well. I wasn't gonna do Cartman at the beginning, then I decided I'd slip yeah, it into just it. Slid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Chromium has that sandboxing stuff where it kind of like runs in a virtualized environment, right. so it's, that if Chrome gets attacked, attacked, it's just Chrome that supposedly gets attacked and not your operating system. Although there were some security researchers a couple of years ago who supposedly, and of course they were Russian. Where else would they be from? Uh, how's it going, Vlad? Um, they supposedly, I know he's Romanian, but close enough. Come on. Um, they found some sort of a hole <laughs> in the virtualization, the sandboxing, and they wouldn't reveal to Google where it was, and they were able to um, load and execute malicious script to compromise the operating system in Chrome. But that was a couple of years ago, and who knows where things have gone since then. Google actually is paying people thousands of dollars to find security vulnerabilities in Chrome. And to my knowledge, there's no other web browser that's doing that. And I think that's something that a multi-billion dollar company, the likes of Microsoft, should have been doing a long time ago with Internet Explorer. And I think probably a big chunk of the reason why Microsoft never did something like that was because, uh, well, Chrome's code base is primarily open sourced, isn't it, Curtis? It is. Yeah, so it you is. couldn't do that really with Internet Explorer, could you? No. Yeah, Internet Explorer has been closed closed off for a long time. Isn't but that, have you seen have you seen where the Internet Explorer team now wants you to rethink that browser? They're going to rebrand it and come back with a Yeah, well, um yeah, that's really great. I I wish that what Microsoft would do is just package Windows with Chrome or Firefox and be done with it. How about just a a button that will use a HTTP get to go out and grab uh, whatever browser you want and have no browser tied into the operating system. You know, I've always wondered about that. If I'm using Windows and for whatever reason I have no web browser at all, can I open a, uh, a, a, a command prompt and, and use that? At the very least, you can FTP. Through the command line? Uh-huh. Yeah, you really? go to command line, type in FTP, then log in, user password, start downloading. I mean, you have to, you're, you'll have to browse the if you don't know the direct path of where a file is stored. Yeah, FTP is built into it, yeah. Well, if I have no browser, though, I guess I'll have to actually call uh, Mozilla when, and be like, listen, I need some. They, they need to do, like on Linux, how, it, how it, it connects to multiple repositories to where you can go in and check and see what's available and then with, like, two commands, download the browser you want. Or download Windows N, which is the European version of, of whatever flavor of Windows is current, and that does not tie the operating the browser into the operating system as much. Well, that was a good call from Food Lion. Thank you very yes, much for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate that. And if you have any questions that you'd like to let us take a stab at, you can give us a call. The number is 573-837-4948. 573-837-4948. Castle Bravo says, call the tech guy, 8888-ASK-LEO. <laughs> you know, them's call fighting now. words, my friend. Nims. Call now. Could someone ban Castle Bravo, please? Thank you. I'm Michael Van Dien. <laughs> uh, no, don't do that. Um, so talking about micro oh, Google, by the way, uh, did you hear about the repeat image problem that they had today? Yes. 
um, people who did Google image searches, actually it wasn't just limited to Google image searches. For instance, if you went to the Google News page and you searched for anything, this didn't affect everybody, by the way. Um, some people couldn't replicate it and others just repeatedly said, hey, it's happening here. Um, so I'm not sure what the rhyme or reason was behind who this affected and who it didn't, but clusters of people were and clusters of people weren't affected. But what would happen is you would search for something and in the search results on, for instance, the Google News page, you know those little thumbnail images they put next to each news story? Every one of them was a photo of a car crash in Russia, a mangled car, and next to that, a, a stop sign. <laughs> yeah, uh, I put a link in the chat room. <laughs> Food Lion actually brought this up in the spec sheet uh, thread. That's on, where I got uh, it. Bellgab.com. Well, he's yeah, just so all over the show tonight. What is he? he is, uh, this is his show. This talk is about his show stalking. I, uh, I'm a little concerned. I'm uh, a little concerned. And I, I believe he's black, too. So I'm doubly afraid. Thank you. And you live close enough to St. Louis. Well, um, there is danger afoot. Let's just say. <laughs> I, Wait, hear, I hear that they're going to start... mission name? Danger I, afoot. Danger afoot. Let's go. I uh. hear they're going to start having um, protests, Michael Brown protests, about five minutes from where I live here. Oh, really? Yeah, that should be entertaining. I'm heavily armed, and um, that should be interesting. <laughs> I have to drive past where this is going to be. Well, I don't have to, but like, if I don't want to add an extra five minutes to my trip to work, I'm so spoiled. Listen to me. An extra five minutes. Curtis drives like two days each direction to get to work. And I'm like, I changed time zones three times just to get to a job. So anyway, they had this image um, that was just repeating. It, it, it would appear next to each of the Google News story entries as the thumbnail. Then if you went to the actual Google Images page and looked at search results there, it was every photo was this yeah all the way down kind of funny what do you think it was you think it was uh just a bug of some sort or do you think it was a uh i think it was deliberate i think they were hacked i mean see the, I, well, the nature hack, of the, the nature of this picture because it's a crash see yeah i well, don't know i'm just my fucked. guess is that my guess is that there was something that like a buffer overflow type of issue and somebody as a joke probably had that picture as the error message and that's why you're seeing it because if you were a hacker with all the things happening in the world right now that you have these different groups uh, claiming to cause trouble with, that's not the picture you would pick. But if you're a, a tech or a developer that was building in the air handling for what Google image searching, then that would be a funny image, I guess, you know, in some way to use for it. So that's my guess is that somewhere on one of the servers, and this is why it was regional, uh, they, they had an overflow of some type. And from that, you got served this image. Food Lion says he's only black on the bottom half. I don't understand that joke. So I'm sorry. Moving on. Mate, you're you're, you're just uh, one step behind the jokes today, aren't you? Yeah, I, I do not get it. I'm not aware. <laughs> A joke? Of, Where? I'm not Where? aware of these references that are being made in the chat room. Um. Yeah. I don't. Really, I guess there's not really much else to say about that. I do think that uh, if it turns out it was something deliberate, I think it speaks to the vulnerability of Google services. Google. I like that uh, the image that uh, Food Lion posted in the the chat or in the uh, forum has Kevin Durant with it too, because every time a system crashes, Kevin Durant should be there to fix it. Oh yeah, there it is. I just saw that. Yeah, we're, we're referring. If you don't regularly read Bellgab.com, there's a spec sheet thread on Bellgab 
where uh, a lot of this stuff gets posted that we refer to during the show. It's actually a really good resource for us as hosts uh, to uh, turn to in order to have stuff to talk about as we do the show. Otherwise, it's just us sitting here complaining about the Postal Service. Yeah. So. Hey, I'll tell you, that was there. You know, um, your, your, mum- your mumble just took a giant shit. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're all messed up. This is the first time. Why don't you disconnect from the server and then reconnect really quick? Yeah. And the entire time Curtis and I have been using Mumble, this is the first time it's taken a dump on us like that. Which I think is really good. I mean, considering the troubles we routinely had with Skype, especially if we tried to, like, join a caller in with the conversation as we're talking to one another on Skype. I think you're better now. I can tell already. Okay, good. Yeah, you're perfect. That's weird. That's, that is well, weird. See what happens when you ship me a crappy old Dell server with 10 pounds I, of dust inside it. Do you want uh, another yeah. one? <laughs> what, another one? Would you like cancer <laughs> twice, sir? Yes. <laughs> Can you have another? <laughs> Please, sir. May I have more? More? Okay. More. Um, so that's the Google image repeating thingy. Not much really else we can say about that. Well, on the same note, I don't know if you looked at the uh, spec sheet prep sheet, but uh, I added about an article you may have seen to the Sony PlayStation Network being hacked, along with several other networks like Battle.net. I saw that in passing, but I haven't actually looked at the spec sheet prep. Uh, document. I, I the, the last thing you had put on it was from like eight days ago. Yeah, I know. Well, and it looked like the other stuff was really old too. I was like, did we both just sort of pass this thing by? I don't know. Never. Which uh, which which link is it? Um, it's the second one. You you have one uh, on okay. there. Oh yeah, the uh, Twitter arrest. Yeah, parody arrest. I yeah, we were going to talk about that last week. Oh, they're going to oh, get me. There we go. They got me. Great. Now they know where I live. I think that's awesome. It's, it's we're real, you know. <laughs> yeah, we are real human <laughs> beings, and here uh, in the Muncie studio, we're, we're not insulated Wait, from the world around more. us. So you've been. Hey, I am, that was for you. You know, I'm getting really tired of websites that just start playing video. Yes, I'm starting to notice that's a trend that's creeping back into the web experience today. It uh, it was a problem in the late '90s and early 2000s, and then as we approached the mid 2000s, you started to see this. I guess the perception became that it's a little bit uncouth to just have websites suddenly playing crap in people's face when the page loads. Like, you don't see very often anymore, you load a web page and the guy comes out and starts walking around the page talking to you. Right. You don't really see that anymore, but I'm starting to see a lot of these embedded video players. There was one playing prior to the show today that I didn't even know was playing. It was really low I heard and it. subtle. And I was like, man, what is going on? Is there a problem with my mixer? And and then uh, when the music faded out and I was getting ready to start the intro to the show, I just let the silence hang there for a minute so I could hear what this was coming from. And then I realized that it's coming from one of my Chrome tabs. And sure, sure enough, there it is, just playing away. Uh, yeah, we're just going to start pumping audio into your face. Thank you. Thank yeah, God, I was Chrome, through all thank my God tabs. Chrome has those little speaker icons that it puts in the tabs so that you can at least tell which tab is cranking at the sound. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I thought that, that sound was me at first. I'm like, yeah, I, I looked through all my tabs for a, an icon, couldn't find it. And... A group of hackers calling themselves Lizard Squad, this is from CNN, has taken down several popular online video game networks and possibly diverted an American Airlines jet carrying a Sony executive. La, 
Let me read that again. Yeah, yeah, I love the the (laughs) stinger on that. A group of hackers calling themselves Lizard Squad has taken down several popular online video game networks and possibly diverted an American Airlines jet carrying a Sony executive. Shouldn't that lead the article? Because who really cares about the video game networks? I know it's a multi-billion dollar business, but an airline had a threat to it. Well, it 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 just shows you CNN's perception of their audience. What, yeah. how they see their audience and what they think that their audience because the jet it's like yeah it doesn't affect me yeah but my video games are not functioning properly <laughs> suddenly Fix people it. get concerned over the Fix weekend it. blizzard entertainment ccp games riot games and sony have done maintenance to bring their networks back online the hackers on twitter claimed responsibility for attacking the playstation network and others disrupting the ability of millions of gamers to play together online according to the targeted companies, hackers flooded their networks with illegitimate traffic, a strategy known as a distributed denial of service attack or DDoS. The FBI said it was investigating. Do they go into detail here about the diverted airline? Yeah, it's at the bottom. <clears throat> um Okay, so how did it happen? I don't want to have to I have Okay, seen- so uh it says that uh when John Smedley, president of Sony Online Entertainment, oh. acknowledged the large-scale attacks on Twitter, he came under fire as well. Knowing that Smedley was on a flight oh. from Dallas to St. Lu- or San Diego, the hackers made a veiled threat about bombs on his plane. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Guess. And then the plane was diverted, and uh, at the end of the article, it says FBI later released a statement saying that the flight landed without incident. Passengers were safely removed from the plane. So hackers went and jumped into the real world. My question is, what is the president of Sony Online Entertainment doing flying American Airlines? That's a good question. You would think he'd have a private mode of transportation of some sort. That seems a little silly, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where is the Sony corporate jet? I mean, are they really, uh, they're really cutting back on the costs, I guess. Hedging their bets. Yeah. Well, they're not really sure if it's going to work out against Microsoft yet. Yeah. The gaming network. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Well, well the, that's the hackers tried to hack the Xbox Live network, but it kept crashing on them, so they couldn't. Um, Microsoft. We're really rocking the night. Yeah. I, uh, well. My, my joke made you yawn. I'm feeling <laughs> some successful. Of us, some of us don't sleep very well at night. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Last night, Wait. I went to bed really early. Things were just groovy, and I was thinking about how well-rested I'm going to be in the morning. And then about three hours after I fell asleep, I woke up because I had to pee, and then I couldn't fall back to sleep. It's just, I'm <laughs> turning worse. I'm turning into such an old man. I mean, I'm 34, and I've just entered this phase where I probably am going to have to wake up at least once and pee before I wake up in the morning. That's a new. Reach th- the point. I, that's a new thing. What is that? Am I too young for that to be? Or is this average wake up and pee age? I think you're too young for that. There's got to be some other reason that that's happening. Hmm. Maybe I it's just a medical drink too issue. much stuff. You should go to your doctor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you've reached the age where yeah, you're dying now, but you're not really growing hmm. physically, or uh, because I am, physically. I am widening. Uh, physically, you're dying. <laughs> I think technically, I am growing. Um, yeah. <laughs> according to okay. my wife and uh, the shirts she buys me, which are sized according to how fat she wishes I were, as opposed to how fat I really am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah when uh, you're buying your clothes for goal rather than reality, there's a problem. That's unfortunate. Unless my, you're going bigger. I mean, you're giving space to grow on. 
Microsoft admits keeping $92 billion offshore to avoid paying $29 billion in American taxes. This is from uh, IB Times. Microsoft is mm-hmm. currently sitting on almost $29.6 billion it would owe in U.S. taxes if it repatriated the $92.9 billion of earnings it's keeping offshore. That's according to disclosures in the company's most recent annual filings with the SEC. The amount of money that Microsoft is keeping offshore represents a significant spike over prior years, and the levies the company would owe amount to almost the entire two-year operating budget of the state of Washington where Microsoft is headquartered. Um, Microsoft says that they are following the law as it's written, that they're a global business, and they have to operate in foreign markets in order to compete and grow and that they are conducting their business in a fashion that is in accordance with U.S. tax law as it is written, which they do concede could be improved upon. Um, although if you're saving $29 billion in taxes, I'm not really sure how eager you are to see it improved upon. But <laughs> yeah. really, I mean, let me scroll down here a little bit. One of the things that got me is where White House officials have called the tactics an affront to economic patriotism. And President yeah. Obama himself has derided a small but growing group of big corporations that are fleeing the country to get out of paying taxes. So, first off, any publicly traded company has a fiduciary responsibility to pay as little in taxes as it legally can do. And call me crazy, but I think... If a company were to fail to avail itself of tax benefits that otherwise could be afforded it, it would be possibly in violation of the law, would it not? As far as doing what's in the best interest of its shareholders or owners? Yeah. And in addition to that, I mean, you want to talk about economic patriotism. How economically patriotic is it when you're in Congress— or you're the president, or you're in the Senate, and you continually uh, submit and sign budgets that grow the national debt at a pace that we'll never be able to repay, how economically patriotic is that? If you want to talk about how patriotic people are being, I mean, there's no way, there's no way we can pay off the debt that we've accrued to this point, and you add to that future... Uh, obligations. It just the number becomes goes from like eighteen or nineteen trillion to a hundred and something trillion. Yeah, you'd be surprised what a war <clears throat> and inflation overseas could do to help you pay that debt down, though. You know, I heard a statistic a couple of years ago that said, and this was repeated throughout the mainstream media. So I'm gonna just go ahead and stick my ne- neck out there and say it's probably true. And the st- statistic said that if Every one of the top 5% of wage earners in this country were to be taxed at 100%. Every penny of every dollar they make during a given tax year were to be confiscated by the federal government. That would only fund the continued operation of the federal government for something like three months. It's just, that's that just, to me, illustrates what a non-issue the whole hey this person needs to be paying more taxes that person needs to be paying more taxes to me it illustrates what a non-issue what a distraction what a class warfare approach to discussing the econ or the fi- uh, budgetary problems of this country are yeah it it doesn't make any sense i mean 
You can tax everybody until you're blue in the face. It's not even going to come close to addressing the budgetary problems that we have in this country, the continually growing debt. It's There's no end in sight to it. I mean, just in one fiscal year alone, I think the budget deficit for uh, fiscal year 2013 was something like $1.4 trillion. A trillion, $1.4 trillion yeah. have, deficit. Have you ever watched the uh, debt clock? Yes. It's, you can't even fathom the amounts of money that are taking each time that goes I know. Up. Like you can, I mean, it's, if you watch closely, you can, it, like with the naked eye, you can barely see the thousand dollar mark going. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like you're just imagining all the things that you personally would buy with a thousand dollars, and then your brain tries to comprehend the whole. <laughs> that's how fast the thousand dollar thing is going. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Wow. If, if you had one second of it, there would be enough to not only make you say for the rest of your life financially, but you and multiple generations of your family if it was managed correctly. Isn't that just craziness? It's sad. And we're going to sit here and argue about whether somebody should be taxed at 35% or 70% or whatever yeah. these arguments are that people are having. This is not a well, pro-Republican or anti-Democrat or whatever type of argument you want to interpret it to be. It's simply a you are being hoodwinked argument that i'm making like the 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 two opposing diametrically opposing political views in this country left over here right over here this side wants free enterprise and less taxation so the people can prosper this side wants more social benefits and more taxation of the wealthy and that's why we have it's all just set up to keep people clawing at one another but it really has nothing to do with the fundamental issue, which is that the federal government spends too much goddamn money. Yeah, and, and you're right. That's not that's, that's not a left or right issue. Both sides over the last decade have done the same thing. R risen. No one's brought it down. So I guess my point here is that as much as I hate Microsoft and as much as I would like to say, hey, that's not right. You guys ought to get in there and pay your fair share. How many days of the Iraq war would this entire $29 billion have funded? How many days of that war? Yeah, that's no... Well, what's also crazy is back during the Bush administration... Not much, and, by the way. Yeah, Well, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't make a big dent in it, but it would make a big dent for other things like health care reform or you, know, you name it. But uh, during the Bush administration, they used <laughs> accounting uh, rules to make the war not even part of the budget. When Obama took over, he at least said, you can't do that anymore. If we're going to be funding a war, it's got to be on the books as part of the budget. And that's one of the reasons why he looks like he spent so much more money than Is it? past presidents. Yeah. It's I, just one of me. I mean, I, and I'm not taking away the, the argument that courtesy he does spend a lot a of money. Liberal. Well, he does, or he, he has spent a lot of money as oh, okay, a president. Okay, no, you're not. Uh, but... It wasn't just his fault. It was Bush's fault, too. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, Bush was the biggest... It's big, Bush's fault. B Bush was a... That's why I get annoyed, like, anytime I look at something that Barack Obama's doing that I disapprove of, people step in. Well, Bush did... Listen, man. Bush was the biggest big government Republican ever to come down yeah. the line. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that in order to criticize Barack Obama, I have to, by default, find some way to defend George W. Bush. Forget that shit. That's yeah. that's your game. You can go play that. I'm not interested. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna operate within the confines of the argumentative template that you've set up for me. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lose lose there. Uh, yeah. 
the, the thing is that Bush had, uh, if I remember right, a majority in the House and Senate, right, for a while during his, his run, or maybe he didn't have the Senate. Uh, Bush had uh, the House and the Senate, I believe, until 2006 when he lost. He lost the House in 2006. And, and what did we get? Um, I think he lost. I think he lost the Senate when um, Senator Jim Jeffries, I think was his name, decided to switch parties, and I think he uh, lost the Senate when that happened you, before you, the you House. Could be right. And then in but, 2006, uh, he lost the House, and Nancy Pelosi became Speaker. Okay. And what we got out of that time when he was the president with the majority on his side was the Patriot Act. Jasmund is listening to your political opinions and saying, what is this, the pink sheet? See, Curtis, you are a <laughs> it's communist. It's the red sheet. It's the red sheet. Communist right. pinko. Uh, you should be wearing a, a gray bowling outfit and shooting at me from a bush somewhere. Wait, do we have video on this? On what? Are you watching me? Because that's what I'm doing is oh. wearing that outfit, sitting in a bush, doing I this would, podcast. I would, I would so love to live. Well, I wouldn't want to live. In, I would so love it. Let me rephrase that. If the dress style of Kim Jong Un and his <laughs> predecessor Kim Jong Il were considered socially acceptable here, I would love to dress that way. No muss, no fuss. You know how you're going out every day. You, you don't have to give any consideration to. Uh, you know, pizzazz <laughs> to uh, yeah. quote Tony Montana's to partner. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> you should mention that as I talk about Tony Montana. That's a <laughs> bit of synchronicity there. there so go. anyway, as it's much as I as much as I hate Microsoft, I would love to call them a bunch of scumbags for not paying their fair share. But frankly, if I were a stockholder in Microsoft, I would be upset if I found out that there were tax opportunities that they were not taking advantage of. I would feel as though I have made a bad investment, although you should probably feel that way being invested by uh, with Microsoft just by default. Uh, but that said, I think if you are running a publicly traded company, you're obligated to spend as little money as you can and to build as much value for the shareholder as possible. And I'm not impressed with the attempt uh, on the part of some in government to demonize companies that do this. If, if you think it's such a problem, then how about you create a business environment that doesn't force corporations into that corner of looking for somewhere, some butt crack company somewhere on the other side of the planet to shovel all their money into so they can avoid your confiscatory tax rates. How about you create a more... Uh, auspicious business environment so that maybe Many people words i can't even keep up with this so that big. maybe people will bring that money back repatriate that cash it's gonna create jobs for people here well maybe or maybe not i don't know but you know the, the whole <laughs> it'll create jobs okay yeah, i don't have a lot of faith in that anymore it seems yeah, you like know what anytime jobs, jobs do jobs. get created it's like eight dollar 75 cent per hour jobs that couldn't do anything with so yeah. I, don't well, I think the, i think the days of having a decent job is unless you're a professional of some sort those days are pretty much over yeah well it, it requires yeah a very specific amount of training and topics to be able to, to make good money in, yeah. in a profession yeah you're not going to get it in just a regular job i agree because we don't make anything, and even when we do yeah. make stuff, the people who are paying you to make it sit there the entire time with white knuckles chewing their fingernails, uh, wondering how much less they could pay if they just moved their manufacturing offshore. So, mm -hmm. eh, 
Yeah. Well, I heard that Van Dieven Enterprises has been very lucrative in the business of offshoring. Van Dieven Enterprises is in the process of manufacturing manila envelopes inside of each one of which you will find a DVD that you can use to install Firefub on your computer. That's yes. right. You cannot well, download Firefub. You have to pay for the manila envelope. It'll arrive within six to eight weeks. Um, and then... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just burping so much today. <laughs> I think well, it's the fish oil <laughs> supplement that I took prior to broadcast. <laughs> well, the, the other great thing about that is in our internal testing, we found that the bandwidth is much better and cheaper by mailing it than it is downloading it. I know. So we're able <clears throat> we're able to achieve bandwidth rates of nine to ten megs per mile. I think it was in the nice little facts thread on Belgab. Somebody said that. At one point during the 90s, over half of all the D, uh, the CDs in existence in the United States were AOL D, uh, CDs. Yeah, I saw that. I, I'll bet you that was right. I mean, everywhere yeah. you looked, everywhere you looked, you'd be sweeping yeah. your floor and you'd lift up a rug. Oh, hey, there's an oh. AOL DVD. Guess I can. I got another coaster uh, for when yeah, the fam comes say. to visit. Great. I wonder if they still mail those out. Could I order an AOL CD right now? <laughs> If I wanted to. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can do that. Order AOL CD. Let's go ahead and do that. Obtain the AOL desktop software. So if we take a look at AOL's website, um, you can burn your own AOL CD. You can download the AOL desktop software online. Um, No, wait. Here you go. I've got what you need. I'm going to put it in the chat room. Click this link. You mean to tell me you can actually have them mail that to you still? That's ridiculous. Really? Wait, wait, wait till you see what I... Oh, it's an eBay item? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. 1999 AOL America Online 5.0 CD install disk software. 250 hey, that's free. that's somebody's motorcycle that just drove by. You get 250 free hours with this, though, dude. And I mean, sealed. And it's a brand new sealed CD. I mean, if you got this thing and it weren't sealed, you'd know something fishy's going down, baby. But uh, yeah. this thing's locked up for your your uh, freshness and pleasure. Straight yeah, off of eBay. The- Is this serious? And the, the seller <laughs> yeah. has 11,947 reviews with 99.9% positive, positive feedback. Positive <laughs> feedback. This must just be for nostalgia purposes. It can't. It can't be for anything else. Oh, but the shipping know, but is free. Luckily, it's coming from Butler, Wisconsin. This is sold as is, Curtis. So uh, you know, make sure yeah. you ask your questions before you go. <laughs> yeah. Just they've sold three of them carelessly bidding on this item. <laughs> three of their twelve have sold. It has six watchers too, five of which are Belgab users. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to add this to my watch list. You should. I, I love his comment here. He said when his son was seven, he gave him an AOL disc as a birthday present. And, you know, that's that's how you know you've raised a good son when he does that. That's good. The seller <laughs> is going to get all excited because I would I would like people. I would like everybody in the chat room right now. To, oh, there's seven watchers already. Yes. Oh, really? I would love everybody in the chat room. And this dude is in Butler, Wisconsin. So some guy in Butler, Wisconsin is going to get all jazzed up and excited because... The number of watchers on his crappy AOL 5.0 CD (laughs) are going to just jump almost exponentially. So please click the link in the chat room. Oh, that's up to eight. There we are. It's climbing. Here we go. The uh, the Exodus. How do you like that? 
Uh, though we're up to 10 watchers, please go uh, to eBay, sign in there, and click the Add to Watch List link so that we can just really get this guy up there in Butler, Wisconsin, all juiced up and excited about the potential sales that are coming his way. Any wow. of our listeners, trust me, don't do the Ice Bucket Challenge. Watch this auction. You'll be doing more for diseases across America than you've ever done in your life. Okay, I think maybe it's locked in at 10, which shows you the power that this podcast yes. yields. And it's four. Uh, wields, uh, 11. We're up at 11. We've reached 11. Oh, come on, people. Come oh, on. Let's go. Oh can we get 12? Can we're we get 12? Come on. You know what? If we can get to 12, we'll go ahead and end the show right now. How about that? <laughs> Let's get up to... Let's do it. Come on, guys. You, uh, only you can make this happen. We're counting on you. How many countless hours of spec sheets do you get every month? And all we need is one more watcher. Now let's go watch the oh, Eagles play Hotel California. We did it! Did we? It's 12. Okay, sorry. I got way too excited. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, AOL 5.0 for you. Just waiting for the lucky bidder to come through and snag that right up. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk about... This is about a week old, but... I do think it's hilarious that this awesome hardware, the HTC One M8, yeah, uh, can now be purchased I'm, with Windows Phone installed. Yeah, I'm really thinking this is the way I should have, go, or I should go rather instead of having Android, <laughs> I should go with uh, Android Phone running Windows. I wonder if it's got Sense in any capacity installed on <laughs> I, top. I of, think it does. They does do. it I, really? I'm sure, it does. There's I, a Sense for Windows Phone. Well, I mean, it's not the exact. Well, that's where it started. Why do you I, feel my, the my need old, to? Why do you feel the need to differentiate your Windows phones if you're HTC by putting Sense on them? Nobody's buying well, one. That alone differentiates the device. Yeah, the well, fact that someone I, bought it. <laughs> I, that's what I would, I would show up and say, "Hey, look at that! You have a oh, that doesn't count. That's a Nokia. Look at this." And then I would show them. It's my, such awesome hardware. I, the, the the brushed aluminum body, thirty two gigs of onboard storage uh the camera's a little crappy i think that's probably one of the biggest disappointments of this device is the camera i think it's uh isn't it like a uh, yeah, yeah, they don't list the camera specs in this article um 1080p display two gigs of ram snapdragon 801 quad core processor 2.3 gigahertz yeah, it's um, the exact same hardware as what? Maybe it doesn't have sen- as the Android version. What are you talking about? On that phone. What about it? I, I thought you were looking at the specs for it. Yeah, I am. What okay, about yeah. it? Well, the, 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 supposedly they didn't change anything spec-wise. No, I don't think they did. The I think it's exactly the same yeah. device as the Android version. Right. Why is HTC putting Sense even on a Windows phone? I Is that because true? Are you away. sure that's right? No, well, as I look here, it, does, it looks like they have widgets that are HTC... HTC sense looking, but my first Windows mobile phone was an HTC back in the day, and it had the original version of Sense on it. It was a skinned version of Windows Mobile. Was that the six point five Windows Mobile six point yeah. five, and it was mm-hmm. like a honeycomb design? Uh, I, I remember a, when that it was device a slider. Came out. It, it, it was the uh, HTC Touch Pro. Uh, yeah, the original one. When that one came out, that's when you knew Microsoft saw the writing on the wall. And I think yeah, that was, was like uh, that was like 2009, 2010. Yeah, it was came 2009. Out? I paid four hundred dollars for that phone. Wow! Yeah. And if you drill down just a little bit, you start seeing the old classic legacy Windows Mobile shit. Yeah. Okay. So since six is only on the uh, uh, 
Android side of it. They See, just have- I do, that just makes me so angry. Are you telling me that Android is still that antiquated that it needs sense dumped on top of it? Well, here's what's funny. On uh, ZDNet's review, it says, Why the Android version beats the Windows Phone version and HTC Sense uh, UI is one of the things that has it beat. So Windows Who Phone wrote is that so bad. Review? That is from ZDNet. Uh, it is uh, so that, So is the premise there that if the Android version did not have Sense slapped on top of it, that the Windows Phone version would be equal or beat it? Yeah, so here's the Whoever wrote that this. review is a blithering idiot. They're probably yeah, an iPhone. Whoever wrote that article is probably an iPhone fanboy who is behind the times and doesn't even know how far along Android has come. Yeah, the, so he says gone, HT. Gone are the days of this clunky interface where you can't do things that you need to do and things don't work right and things aren't smooth and fluid. That is over with. Now listen to this. You're going to love it. HT Sense UI on Android has evolved significantly over the last couple years, and the One <laughs> M8 running Android is one of the best smartphones available today. So he calls out Sense UI as one of the reasons uh, that HTC is one of the best phones. And Sense is the reason why I took back my HTC One and went back to my iPhone after two weeks. Hmm. Okay, well... Uh... As I think it was McFallis on Belgab said, what or maybe someone before I don't know who said it. What a waste of beautiful hardware. Yes, <laughs> just the yeah. HTC One M8 with Windows Phone on it. Great way to go. And as I look at this article, what jumps out at me is I'm looking at the picture of the user interface. It's just Curtis. I mean, I know that I don't like Microsoft's mobile pursuits and. Perhaps some might say that I'm a little bit biased against it and that I'm I'm not exactly the most objective person in the world, but I'm saying try and remove yourself from this situation emotionally entirely and just look at that user interface that they have in that picture there. Does that look productive to you? Just a, a screen with a whole bunch of seemingly random rectangles and squares some of which are bigger than others just plastered right there in no particular organizational pattern of any kind yeah, i mean does no, that I, make any sense that looks like such shit to me i here's the funny thing i see why they got where they went to but yeah it's a terrible user interface but when you look at windows media center which was the original tile interface and it worked really well for what it needed to on the desktop or with a remote control. Okay, and they so they got so married to that. So they're taking their desktop interface and shoehorning that onto a mobile device, and now they're taking their mobile interface and shoehorning that back onto desktop yeah. devices with Windows 8. They just can't get it right. Yeah, we, you know the the tile interface. I finally found somewhere on Windows 8 that it's actually valuable to me. I, I take my tablet. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, do HDMI out up to my 37-inch LCD that's up above all my monitors. And then I have the tile interface sitting there doing updates of all the different things it's connected to. And it gives me a quick view of all of that. But that's because I'm not going to touch it. I don't care to interact with it. I just want to look up and see really quickly what's going on in like three different apps. Uh, Cat Smile in the chat room says, Fanboys sigh. I don't know if he's referring to the fact that I would use that two-year-ago term or 
just the <laughs> fanboys themselves that are causing Cat Smile to sigh. I don't know which is the case. I like to think some for, clarification. Uh, uh, yeah, I would like to think it's not me, but it probably not. is. You can, uh, I think Cat Smile should call in, especially because he's so uh, interested in my girly voice. Was that him that said that about oh, you? Well, well, yeah, I mean he's a big fan of mine, so I like Cat Smile. It's cool that my I, favorite yeah. poster. Call in, Cat Smile. Uh, the number, if you want to be on the show, we're taking tech support calls. I see there's a, a bit of a conversation going on in the chat room, which seems to suggest there is a sort of like quasi tech support discussion taking place. <laughs> we so need to. Uh, it would be nice if uh, whoever's having that discussion that. would just maybe call the show. We could handle that here in a much more, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should mute our mics and start chatting. It's five seven three eight three seven forty nine forty eight. Don't be shy; it'll be uh, just uh, just like talking to your uncle Ed. <laughs> yes, Munda. I've never <laughs> been on the radio before. <laughs> you've well, ruined more radio shows than i've called into it's not that you've never been on the radio before it's just that after you're on the radio the radio goes away and uh, yes. that's the problem so yeah the htc1 m8 um you know if you like cat shit wrapped in a really nice set of packaging um go grab that it's that's, the phone for you I don't know. You mentioned this a while back. I don't know why we can't just have a phone that you can install whatever mobile operating system you want, like a PC. Well, yeah, well, here's how Windows uh, Windows Phone, how bad it is. In the 8.1 Black <laughs> update that they did, they actually took out the requirement for hardware buttons and the the locking of the bootloader so you can install it on any device as long as it has the tech specs to handle it. Really? So when Microsoft, yeah, oh, yeah that's the reason why this phone came out. And, and they're giving really? it away for free. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's how this whole thing came about. Talk a little and bit more about forget, this. I, I'm. This is news to me. I think I okay, saw. So, I think I saw some like vague allusions to the possibility of this happening, but I didn't know it actually had happened. Yeah, that that's what allowed this to occur, and there's more manufacturers who are considering doing it because there's no cost to them to do it. Like so, for HTC, it was no extra cost to throw out some HTC M8s uh, or one M8s with uh, Windows Mobile on it. They didn't have to pay for the operating system. Actually, it, I'm sure it's cheaper all around because they're having to pay. Android has to pay Microsoft every time an Android device is created, so I'm sure there's some minor expense to put Android on your device, even though it's an open-source operating system. If you went straight to Windows uh, Phone, you'd probably get past a little bit of that. So... uh so yeah. at this point, Microsoft has said, look, we know this is a sinking ship. We know this is a platform. This is a, an ecosystem nobody wants to get involved with. So at this point, we're just going to give this away for free just to get people yeah. through the door, and then we'll figure out later on Man. down the road how to make some money off of this stupid thing. That's not how they're thinking. They're thinking, let's get this out on devices because the new threshold release of Windows is going to blow everyone away as the next version of Windows Phone. So we just need to get Windows Phone out there. Hmm. Way to go. I guarantee you that's what they're thinking. Well, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, let's take a call. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, what's, what's up? Hey, I know who this is. Uh, this is Jackstar, well, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jackstar. That's me. <laughs> How's it going, Onan? It's good to hear your voice, actually. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's finally almost back to normal. Um, what, it wasn't normal? Oh, no, for about a month it's been it's been messed up. I just figured you were having, like, uh, issues. Well, that's always going on. Oh. 
Well, you kind of um, dis- disappeared from the face of the planet. Uh, you weren't on yeah, the Gabcast. Haven't seen you around the forum too terribly much. I figured things I'm just weren't good dolls. at home. You know, I figured you were just nursing a bottle of Jim Beam and a, a forty-five next to the fireplace at night. <laughs> That's what I call a perfect night. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you're living in Henderson, Missouri, that might be the most appropriate way to spend your evening. Yeah, I must be close by. Um, I was. Uh, I don't expect you to solve this problem. Actually, I don't even give a shit. But the calendar That's my on favorite my tech iPhone, problems. <laughs> my, the, my calendar on my iPhone just disappeared. It was there, then uh, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, there's no chance you moved it over into uh, the utilities folder? Nope, I checked all that. Yeah, you did, okay. Uh, okay, okay, so if you, if you either get a text with a date on it, like in the email or in the text or an email with a date and you click that or touch it. It doesn't open. It doesn't, it doesn't open. open. What no. happens? It, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Here's, here's, here's what's kind of spooky about it. I was seeing a client today and the client was telling me about how they got a virus on their Android phone. And I was like, I don't really give a shit about this right now. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to work out your medication. I don't right. care about your phone. <laughs> and, and, uh, Anyways, we're going on, we're going on, and everything, and, and uh, then I left, and I realized he had called me. I was like, well, he's an Android, I'm an iPhone, there's no virus, that would, and it's not going to go over a telephone call anyway. Well, you <laughs> and, know, really, and, that could, because that's data now. I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's possible at some point we could get to where you could transmit a virus like that. Son of a bitch. Well, anyway, <laughs> it was right after that. that the Always wear a condom when you use your phone. <laughs> yeah. Sage advice, my friend. Sage advice. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah, anyway, I'll it. stop. So what do you yeah. think, Curtis? I mean, what what's the deal with this? You're uh, the iPhone guy. Okay, so have you restarted your phone? Oh, like multiple times. <laughs> you have. Okay. Oh, Curtis. that's always the <laughs> that's the first place to start. Okay, yeah. I, th- then next would be: Have you done a sync to iTunes or to the cloud with iCloud? I have not done. I have not done that. I bet if you connect it to iTunes, that's going to fix your problem. At the very least, it'll re-download the app. Yeah, that means I've got to go start up the computer downstairs. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Is that your Windows that 8 board. machine that you've had such a pleasurable experience with? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember when we initially started with the Gabcast, and uh, we were trying to get Onan set up as one of the hosts, and the biggest this. problem he was having was Windows 8 just getting in his way it kept dumping him into that metro interface and he, he he couldn't do anything he could not do anything it was it was absolutely useless and he didn't realize what was happening we didn't realize what was happening until he said something that just sort of caught my ear and i said yeah you know what i know what's going on here he's stuck in the metro version of skype and i told him where to go get the desktop version and everything was fine after that but do you know how many people there are out there who have had similar experiences that didn't have someone there to tell them, hey, go get the desktop version of Skype, yeah. or how, here's how to fix whatever other stupid Metro problem you're having. What That's a, exactly just, what happened. Yep. Yeah. Just a horrible version of Windows. Yeah. Absolutely I, atrocious. Yeah, they, they, they literally ought to draw a quarter of the guy who came out with that idea. Well, he's already been fired. Steve works at Apple now. Does he? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably golfing somewhere i mean he worked at microsoft for like 20 some odd years and so i'm oh, sure yeah. he's racked up a pretty nice savings account yeah he's sitting somewhere snickering yeah there's not a doubt in my mind yeah well 
Anyway, guys, I appreciate the help. Uh, I'll sync it up maybe tomorrow before I go to work. I don't know. Let us know in the spec sheet thread how that works out. Yeah. I will do that. All right, brother. Anyway, guys, go back to your stuff. Okay. We'll see you later. It's nice hearing from you. That's Onan. Gabcast host Onan. The world famous Onan. That's right. Um... Okay, so do you want to go? I know you said you need to make it a short show tonight. No, we can keep going. It's up to you. Let's go a little bit longer. Okay. Um, Let's take it until it naturally dies in just a few moments. Well, I'm chock full of stuff to talk about here, so if uh, you've got stuff you want to talk about, go ahead. Uh, okay, well, let's, let me jump well, back you, over to my that's handy That's just, uh, just dripping with confidence there. Yeah, I'm going to plow forward, Michael. I am. Let's do this. Uh, well, really quick, something I noticed today, you can buy your uh, Firefox OS phone now for $175 from, from really? Firefox. They should pay you yeah. to take it. <laughs> I know. Well, I was tempted to get one just to see, but that's $170 that I could put to so many other uses. Yeah, why? Uh, why? I mean, that's silly. I mean, why am I going to spend $170 on that? Why? To, to test there, yeah. Yeah, to just to help you build your ecosystem and to test your crappy hardware that's not going to work very well. Why yeah. am I going to spend that money? Makes no sense at all. I could go get a Galaxy S5 on, shit, I think it was AT&T for 99 bucks with a two-year contract. Yeah, you Someone's it got it for $99. It's just this amazing Android device that you can go get yeah. for 99 bucks. But no, I'm going to go spend 179 for this Firefox phone. It, well, Imagine really you walk into a room it. full of people and you're like, hey, check out my Firefox phone, yo. Check yeah. out my Firefox bling. But I, I usually carry around a jitterbug and my Firefub. You may phone. as well. You're more likely, <laughs> I think, to get yeah. laid at a party with your jitterbug phone and its two-inch number buttons than you are yeah. your 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 Firefub phone, which is what it yeah. may as well be. That's what Firefub will eventually branch off its development path to start working on the mobile sphere. Uh, we want to stabilize things just a little bit better on the desktop, and then we're going to move things into the mobile sphere, baby. Fire yeah, I think fun. I've explained before that the most recent release of it, we had to roll it back because we found it had a few features in it, and we prefer not to have features in our feature releases. So we rolled it back, <laughs> introduced some more bugs, and now I think we're good again. So there's uh, a Firefox phone, there's an Ubuntu phone. Yeah. Yeah, that, those aren't going to compete for the same space, which is uh, irrelevant uh, people who want to have... A phone that's obscure. Boy, that's really something. Um, yeah, well, and speaking of that, one of my articles that I wanted to talk about was Apple planning to build a 12.9-inch iPad. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, I was just... Uh, I can't type and speak at the same time. Um, <laughs> it actually is pretty complicated. So, from the same company that's founder said that they would never do a 7-inch tablet, now comes out... Uh, the companion to the seven inch, the nine inch, the twelve inch. I think it's like and twelve point something. It's, it's even 12.9. bigger. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, a thirteen it's to inch tablet. It, it's to compete with the Surface Three, which is oh, about come the same on, size. who needs to compete with that? Yeah, well, the Surface Three again. I keep wanting to to root for that thing, man. The new one being Why? that size, because it could it could become a replacement to the laptop someday if it incorporates laptop like features. And okay, but then do. just go get a laptop. Yeah, and well, you'll get well, you'll get understand. better specs. I mean, for that, how much is a Surface? You're gonna spend what eight hundred dollars minimum. If I go out yeah. and buy a laptop and spend eight hundred dollars on it, I'm gonna get one hell of a laptop. 
Yeah, $800 on a Surface is going to get you an i3, I believe. Oh, my that God. To- see, that? I'm sorry. That is just... I see no reason to root for that. I, 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 I'm clamoring for failure. Yeah, yeah well, but I don't get, get it. On... Get that out of my, uh, get that out of out of my news feed. You know. Yeah, well, on Apple, why are they building a device that is close to the same screen size of one of their most popular laptops, which is the MacBook Air? I mean, this thing—you can get an 11-inch MacBook. I mean, I know it's going to be more expensive than the iPad, but it makes no sense to me. Oh, by the way, I've, I want to ask you. I've got a. MacBook Pro, I think it's uh, 13 inches at, mm-hmm. at my office right now. It's just slow. You finally have been enlightened. No, what? it's a customer's. And um, <laughs> it's just slow. And I've already tested the hard drive. It's fine physically. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this keyboard combination where you can hold down the shift key, the option key, the control key, and then hold down the power button for 10 seconds. It won't turn on while you're doing this and then you let off and you start it up normally and then supposedly that has fixed this problem for a lot of people where everything is just super slow that didn't fix it and so then i went on to um fixing file permissions and yeah you went back yeah that didn't it's the default thing everyone says well that didn't finish by the time i left the office today so i guess what i'm asking is do you think there's a good likelihood that's going to fix this problem yeah, if it had broken permissions, that would slow it down. It had a lot. Yeah, well, that 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 probably is gonna make a bigger difference than what you did before, because I really, off the top of my head, can't think of what that fixes, other than maybe clear a cache. The uh, the keyboard combination yeah. that I did. Yeah. What what is it's, it that, that um, claims to fix? Um, if I can get into my customer machine at the office here really quick, I can tell you it. Um, it fixes. It resets the. PRAM and the NVRAM. Yeah. yeah, so it's clearing the cache of, of that RAM, yeah. Yeah. But now, is Which, that like physical RAM? Yeah. Well, I mean, why does physical RAM have a cache? It should lose everything when power goes away. Well, it still, it caches it to be able to do like quick booting. And what else? So it's not conventional RAM then? No, it's still, it, it is. It's just the way they're using it. Is a little bit different. But I, uh, I, well, but I mean, if it's conventional RAM, it should lose everything when it loses power. I don't get this. Yeah, but even conventional RAM doesn't. That's why if you do just a quick shutdown of your PC, if you shut it down, unplug power, there is the ability to grab that computer, power it back up without having any access to the hard drive and still see what was in the last state of the RAM. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's why if you want to have a secure boot, which is a, a flag in the registry, if you set that, then you'll be able to, uh, th- what it'll do is it'll clear out all of your RAM before it shuts down every time. WR250 disagrees with you, uh, too. Um, no, he says the power doesn't uh, the power doesn't go away on a laptop, so your RAM is always in uh, a state that the RAM would have. Uh, you know, well, the, what if we're talking about a desktop computer? I pull the power out of the back you of the still box. would have it still would have resonant uh the position really? of the ram would still be yeah that's news to me yeah yeah well, yeah look it up if you do a secure boot uh i believe that's what they call it uh let me double check this before i fully commit but um <clears throat> but yeah it's possible to take the ram on a pc uh without accessing the hard drive and see some of what was stored in it uh 
EE Prom is not RAM. That's electronically yeah. erasable, programmable, read-only memory. That's ROM, not random access memory. Listen to the sound of Curtis That's typing right. with his mechanical keyboard. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's see. Does this person actually explain it? So it's uh, what I'm reading here is that newer RAM isn't as prone to this, but older RAM definitely is being able to uh, read from a cold boot attack. So it's not as perfect as what I was saying. In the old days, yeah, it was much more But a capable. cold boot, does that imply that power was entirely drained from the machine? I mean, the, the, the way the, I was understood the, the, it, power the, could the, be. The caps are discharged on the motherboard and... Yeah, hmm. I believe so. Because, uh, again, with Windows or with any operating system, you can set it to flush the RAM before it shuts down fully. Hmm. And then that will guarantee you're safe. But it looks like this is not as bad of a problem in more modern architecture than it was. DDR2 was really the last day of it. C-Web asks, is it just a residual electronic signal? Uh, or is it, like, that... is it like real storage? Or is it just well, like just, something residual? All the RAM, well, all the RAM is is uh, setting ones and zeros uh, for whatever state it was in. So you're basically just reading what its current state is, which might happen to store some data inside of it. It's not like it's going to be able to pull everything on your system. It's only items that were cached in the RAM. And Can't, then like WR250 said, on a laptop, it always has a battery on it. So you're always in some form of low-powered state, which means the RAM wouldn't flush itself. Um, is it an SSD? What? The hard drive on that? No. Uh, Mac. I didn't think it would be unless it's a newer model. No. The ones are all glued in instead of normal. I'm looking at um, security.stackexchange.com and someone says, someone asks, I've heard that if your PC is turned off, then an attacker can recover the RAM from the last session. I find this hard to believe. How could it be done? And somebody answers, there is an element of truth to this. When an attack was discovered, which took advantage of data remnants in RAM, allowing an attacker to grab data from the RAM in a machine, this was a very short time frame, a matter of seconds or minutes, in which to do this, but it wasn't a hack of the PC as such. Right. So I think that it is something that maybe does go away after the RAM hasn't been powered for a certain period of time. Maybe. I mean, is yeah, it your understanding it that minute. it could just sit there and you could come back to it a week later? Yeah, I've always, I've understood that it's possible. That doesn't mean it's going to, it's going to be ideal circumstances. I mean, you're not going to be able to walk up to any computer that's shut down and do this, but every once in a while you're going to be able to pull data from it if you were to try. Huh. Well, this is really interesting. I'm gonna Unless you set your system to clear it. What you have to do is just, the operating system has to tell the RAM basically write junk to uh, the RAM state before it shuts down. That way there's nothing of value inside the RAM. Hmm. Wow. And it's not like the RAM is storing it. It's just the position that it's in happens to hold the data of the last thing it was reading. Well, that certainly is interesting. I'm going to have to look into this. Um, I'm going to have to start smashing my RAM. <laughs> That's right. Uh, always take a big magnet over your RAM. Oh, a magnet? 
No, well, that won't do anything to it. I was going to say, I, that's <laughs> more news to me. Um, <laughs> It'll flip all the zeros to ones if you put a magnet on it. Let's take a call. How about that? All right. Hi, you're on the no. air. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey there. Who's this? Uh, it's Chameleon. Oh, hey, brother. Chameleon. I thought you were going to go ahead and just make a uh, Skype-to-Skype call. Uh, I guess that automatically brings the number up when... I don't know. I, I just renewed it, so oh, okay. it should work either way. That's right. Um, I have a question about the different power uh, voltages needed for a uh, uh, external USB versus uh, or 2.0 versus 3.0. Because I'm getting this error that says I've exceeded my you know 3.0 you know limit. Is this? So I was just are wondering. You plugging if, in? Uh, sorry, go is, ahead. Is, is is everything connected to the bus that's on your motherboard, or do you have a hub in between? Yeah, it's it's a serial port that goes right to the motherboard, and then it has like you know the breakout box that, or not the breakout box, but the the part you put in the back on the so it can plug into the back, like that little right. uh, housing and bracing unit. Mm-hmm. So it essentially just adds more 3.0 ports, and and these are actually powered by the wall too. These aren't just you know on their own externals. They're they're the MyBooks. So, yeah. Well, what you could be, what you might be having though, is an overload of the uh, the bus, and that's why you're seeing those messages, and it's on the motherboard. Could be a bad ground somewhere that's causing it. Uh, you're much better off if you're doing something that's really power dependent over a USB bus. Just get an external USB hub that's independently powered. Yeah. Yeah, off. that's what I have. I have a, a couple of those hooked up, and. Uh, because I remember reading, it's like when or it supports like 127 USB. I mean, that's the max, isn't it? So I don't know if I yeah. Was... The thing is, of the, each I'm... one of those devices, even though it's powered, the power is going to all the things that are down the chain, not from it to the PC. So that still is drawing a little bit of current. So if you were to put that many devices, 172 on your your PC, <laughs> even if they were powered, uh, you would still be drawing some from your motherboard, which means you have to have a really good power supply. I was just about to ask if the power supply mattered because I'm running a thousand watt OCZ now, and I just I didn't know if that was more than enough or if there's something between the power supply and the motherboard that's not getting distributed properly. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing you probably have tried different ports too, different USB three ports on your PC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I would say that th- there's a high likelihood that your power supply is involved in the problem. But I would also check to make sure there's nothing shorting anything on your motherboard. Is it a manufactured PC like a Dell, or or is it a custom? No, I made? built it from scratch. Okay, like it's check. It's a gigabyte. Yeah, check to make sure that nothing is shorted anywhere. I mean, cause he dug up you the have... war minerals. He <laughs> built his own foundry and put. He's he's from from yeah, scratch. Yeah, like forged all the metals that went into the. <laughs> The he's building that, his yeah. own capacitors. He's a very talented man, this chameleon <laughs> That's pretty I was, was going to ask, since I, I did have to come up with a naming scheme, do you guys have names for your hard drives? Or am I just the only one that does that? Or do you guys just leave them in the letters that they are? Do we name our hard drives? You know, to remember where things are usually. What kind like, of a I know psycho do you my... think I am? <laughs> yeah. I like name my, my servers, drive is I... Night of the Living Dead. I know all of my footage and stuff goes there just by remembering, you know. I'm, I, I'm, I just, I just forgot guys... my daughter's name. I, 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 I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't do that for well, <laughs> like I'll, I'll name like uh, swap drive or storage drive or program drive. I guess maybe, but I, I'm more well, into naming the server with a like if I if I'm setting up a network, I want to make sure that my servers have a name that match some system. Usually, since I'm a political guy, I usually go with something politically focused or Lord of the Rings. I try to Wild go with something like right idea. His says this is porn one, two, and three. Yeah, see, I, I was go, I was gonna say cockpit repository one, two, three, and so forth. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll check into like uh, trying to put these through to the hub more than rather directly to the motherboard itself. And oh yeah. See I've, if that works. I've got multiple um, USB three ports on my machine that I'm using here now, and I I still don't use them. I just. I mean, uh, I'm I'm at the point I ran out of drive letters. I, I I can't put any more. I have 26 hard drives hooked up right now. Well, that sounds sane. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Uh, you know, I did. A little of this and a little of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it might be time so, for it. Just just some advice. It might be time for a drobo. A, do, do, a what now? A drobo, a network drive, because you do a lot of video editing, right? <clears throat> Yeah, actually, uh, I just so, picked one up last night. A uh, it, that goes right into the hub instead of the actual thing. So what goes into your network? But, yeah. But what did, did did you buy a Drobo or did you buy a NAS? It was a NAS. Okay, you want to check uh, for video editing. You want to be sure that it's going to handle the bandwidth of what you need if you're going to have anything pulling live. If you're using it just as a an archive then you're fine. Speed isn't nearly as big of a deal other than you probably have really large files that might take a while to copy. But if you're doing any kind of live loading of, of clips from it, you need to make sure it's got the bandwidth to handle it. Uh, are you using Premiere? Yeah. And usually when you, uh, when you draw from the source and render it within the project, it actually makes like a low res version and all my scratch files are actually on the computer themselves. So But yeah, well, I've I seen see what people you're saying is to... final output and rendering. It has to go through there and that handle that traffic. So <laughs> yeah, well, I've seen people try to use network drives for their their live, like trying to scrub using a video file that's located on a network. I mean, it does cache and load some of that to your swap, but you don't want it going out to your network trying to to access. Wouldn't that be a pain? Like, don't they go on standby mode after a while? So let's say you like you know can, go yeah. for a. Yeah, break, and then you go to try to edit again. You have to wait for that thing to fire up and spin again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't do that <laughs> unless you have yeah, a system no. that's designed uh, yeah, to handle that. Yeah, all my footage usually stays inside the box Local. here. So. Okay, good. Cool. Well, hey, thanks for answering that, guys. I'm going to check it out like right now as soon as I get off here. Thanks, brother. Yep, thank Later. you. Glad you called. It's Chameleon808 calling in from somewheres. Yeah, he, he joined us for our uh, our big test system, too. That was a, a good conversation with him. Yeah, anyone who missed that the other night actually missed, I think, a, a, like a good three hours of just magic. Yeah, that was a marathon, wasn't it? Yeah. I we missed were... a meeting that morning because of that. Really? Yeah. And, and good, good luck explaining to the people uh, that you would need to explain that to why it was you missed them. <laughs> well, you see, there's this website, and there are these people, yeah. and I do this thing there, and there's the, yeah, we had to test because we, we got an IRC server. We got to test. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't try that. I overslept. Well, um, we'll go ahead and let you go so that you can get started on writing your three hours of code before <laughs> yeah, you get no, to go I'm, to bed. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a fun night. You didn't know I'm that excited. was coming no. before the show today? <laughs> I wish I did. 
<laughs> if I did, it wouldn't be a big deal, but I need to present it. Just out of nowhere, so. that came and... Wow. Well, the priority changed. Yeah, that that's the problem. Wow. Not that I knew I had to do it, but when it needed to be done was the issue. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Uh, yep. Thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. And all of you who download this show regularly, uh, you really do, by downloading this show, make everything worth our while. We don't even ask for donations or anything like that. Just the fact that you're downloading the show. That alone makes it worth our time. So thank you very much for that. And uh, we'll see you back here next Tuesday with the spec sheet delivering more technology goodness your way. And uh, until then, I guess that's it. Everybody have a good night. Thank you for listening live at ufoship.com. And uh, we'll see you later. Later, Curtis. Yep, see ya. Thanks. is the spec sheet.